What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the kingdom. My name is Drums, and as always, I'm joined by the brothers behind King Golf, Regan and Jordan Headley. As we always do, we send it up north first, see what's going on with our boy Reg. What's going on up there, big fella? How you doing? Hey, guys. Doing good. You guys? (laughs) (laughs) Not much to talk about at this time of year. Um, Doing good. Things are rolling along here, busy as hell, busy with every hobby I have and everything else. But yeah, just uh, in the in-between stage right now. Not shoveling yet, but still got to wear a vest and a hoodie and a tube to go for a walk at night. So I didn't have time to change. So here I am wearing this. It's it's almost winter, boys. Unfortunately, it's here and it looks like it might stay. We got some nice weather today. Did you guys get uh, some snow melting up there? We haven't really had any snow yet, honestly. Oh, no? Like a little bit here and there, but there's nothing on the streets anywhere. Jealous. Jor, how's it looking out in Rossman? Top of the evening to you, ladies and gents. Things are looking good at Rossman. Uh, We got some snow, but not much. Just kind of, you can still see a bit of grass. Uh, Definitely not warm enough to melt, though, although I did go for a little walk today. And... uh, we good here you good drums yeah um went for a little walk it was nice out there was no wind today which is awesome it's been so windy here lately it's nuts uh but if you're counting on nice weather don't come to rossman lake <laughs> it's, it seemed like last winter too we had the most snow in the province so i don't know what's going on up here it must be something to do with the, the mountain go riding mountain uh but it's all good here um pretty quiet had a nice weekend in Brandon with the boys. Got to spend uh, Friday night drinking some beers, uh, eating some food, and having a few laughs. And it was good to see Drummy and Dally, Moose, and uh, whoever else came in our path that night. <laughs> it it oh. uh, back, back to the Rossman, it definitely would play a factor being along the park because storms probably just get stuck there all the time and keep going against the park and just stay right there. It happens the odd time here, but more so up close to the park. And you're actually – you don't realize it when you're at Rossman, but you're you're super close to Riding Mountain there. Like even probably the same distance as Dauphin, actually. Yeah. If not closer. Yeah, we're on the wrong side here. But there are mountains. Yeah. I said it as a joke because it's not really much of a mountain. It's more of like a little mound. But uh, hockey starts tomorrow night here. We've got uh, first game in Weiwei. So that'll be nice. Get, get some exercise, see the boys, have a couple beers. And uh, – yeah, that's about it. Drummy, what's Beauty. up in Brandon? Not much. We just got done with uh, Halloween yesterday. Reggie, did you guys hand out candy? What's your say? Yeah, we handed out. Yeah. It wasn't uh, it wasn't terribly busy actually. Last year we probably had over a hundred, and this year maybe 60, 70. It's that? okay. It's not. It was like, cold, man. Like, yeah, it's nothing obnoxious either. That's not crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Uh, we're okay. We're kind of so, yeah, pushed we, off into the back corner of town, so it's right. You kind of have to drive over here to get to here. Yeah. You? Yeah. So he. Well, we didn't. Basically, as soon as I got home from work, we kind of started telling Luca around. So we didn't really get any action at the house here. Um, I guess for us it, with Luca, it's just hit a couple friends' houses and then Nana and Papa and Grandma and Grandpa, and that kind of wraps up our evening. But uh, it was good. He is kind of into it now. 
uh, had his outfit picked out a couple months ago, and uh, it looked pretty good on him. And he's already pumped for next year. He's got uh, the new baby involved in his costume next year, so he's uh, he, he's raring to go for next year already. So we'll see see if how much his mind changes between now and then. Guy had a uh, cute little costume on, whatever he was. He's the handsome old devil. Yeah, it's some I don't know TV show guy. Blippy is this guy's name? Yeah, and I didn't I didn't know the name. Yeah, it's tough to watch. It's like. Uh, ah, He's kind of like this generation's Mr. Dress-Up type thing, I guess. But he's uh, he's a little much. But <laughs> he watches hours of it, so keeps him out of my hair. Drums, you'll be confused about uh, Roscoe's comment there. Uh, this person got pulled over in front of our office yesterday. And this, this kid from Smith-Jackson, like the Ukrainian school across the street, was standing there watching the whole thing. Just in a banana suit, so there's just a casual banana just hanging in the background of the, the person getting the ticket. Oh my god, I was just dying in my office. So I put it on Snapchat, of course, and Roscoe had some laughs on that. But yeah, the shit that I see out of that office, man, it's it's actually unreal. Yeah, that was a good bid. Uh Reggie, you a big Bulls fan? Huge Bulls fan. You know that. How'd you get that thing? <laughs> Yeah, vintage store, baby. What you, you were there. Bought a PEI vintage store. You got conned. No, I didn't. I said I Why? wouldn't pay 30 bucks for this. And the guy said, Would you pay 20? I said, sure. <laughs> That's not bad. I think I conned him. I got 30% off. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like those guys on the beach in Mexico. I'm trying to sell you sunglasses for a hundred dollars and you get 17 pairs for 20 bucks by the end of it this place was expensive man the place was cool though actually it was right downtown yeah, charlottetown and it had like they must just uh i think it was all consignment so people bring in stuff and they uh mark it up a little bit obviously but there was some really cool stuff there like uh vintage jerseys vintage like nascar jackets and like, oh, like used yeah, used. Well, some of them are used. I think some are new as well, but but like not like used, used. Like this toque was probably used. I don't know if it was ever worn. Yeah, somebody just bought it and they didn't want it anymore, so they took it there. And yeah. like, uh, that's Gen where I got that Terry Terry towel shirt from uh, from the videos. Terry towel came from that store. How much was that? Uh, I think that's like 30. thirty bucks. Is it thirty bucks? Yeah. That was crazy. It was like a bathrobe in uh, stitched into a golf shirt. And I had Ooh. to wear it on like the hottest day of the trip. I was just sweating. <laughs> it was dripping. Oh, it was so hot. I was golfing so bad. I just wanted to be anywhere except there. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, oh, well, there's nothing hot. worse than being hot. No, you're right. You wore that thing twice, though, that week. Yeah, it was cold the next time. Do you? What do you pick? Hot or cold? What's worse? Cold. Yeah, cold for me too. I can't stand being cold. Just the perfect temp for me, to be honest with you. I can. You can always just slam beers and water hazards and stuff, but it's pretty. It's harder to warm up, and it affects the shots a lot more. I find. Oh, you mean in golf? Well, I meant in general, but whatever. Oh. Yeah, I meant golf. I don't really know. And in general, which begs the question: Why are we here? Why are we here? Mm -hmm. 
Because mm-hmm. we, we got settled here. Why are we here? Should we go deep on it, Reggie? It's up to you. No, we're moving on. We got uh, we got a new format of the kingdom. We're revamping. We're episode 148. We thought it was time for a little switcheroo. Uh, so we've made a couple changes to the show. They're going to kind of roll out here over the next month or so. Uh, but it's going to have a few different, not really different segments, but updated. We're going to have a different flow to the show. Um, and you'll kind of, you'll get a feel, feel for it as we go. I was going to talk about it a little bit, but I think we're just going to dive into it. Um, we're going to start as we've been doing as, uh, with cheers. So Reggie, what's the cheers tonight? Cheers to the, uh, golf course in Manitoba. Uh, I think everybody can agree, uh, the three of us and everybody in the chat, this was one of the better overall summers for conditions on the courses that I can remember recently. Uh, pretty much everywhere you went, uh, the course is having a, a career year. Um, greens were mint everywhere. I don't think I went to a, a course and had any worries about the greens anywhere, which lots of times they're either too slow or too – it was just kind of the perfect weather too, I think, that they could really cut them down to where they wanted them. They didn't have to worry about really drying them out or anything like that. So, yeah, no, the cheers tonight's just to uh, the Manitoba golf courses. Cheers to that. That is uh, funny you mentioned that, Reggie. I never, uh, <clears throat> I never um, really thought about it until now. But yeah, you're right. Like usually, there's at least a course or two you play, a green or two you play throughout the year. It's just trash. But this year, I don't remember any of that. And uh, I, I think the weather probably did have a impact in it. But also, I feel like technology maybe like the the equipment they're using the chemicals they're using uh to winter better i think we've talked about it a yeah. couple times but i think it's all just kind of coming together and, and you're right i think that uh you know if it was a lot wetter or a lot drier uh, it might have been a little bit different but it's i think that going forward i shouldn't say that but i think we should expect that uh courses will be kind of in the same shape going forward um as technology and and the mixtures of chemicals and stuff uh keeps improving technology and the mixtures of chem and the funds to be able to afford the good stuff to put on it because all the courses are selling more green fees now i would say like did you guys even come across a course that was in like just okay shape like never mind just the greens like the whole course not maybe only maybe only in july like when it was kind of really dry because we didn't get rain for like a whole month but even then we're still in good shape but I think kind of just more of the, like maybe almost a week. And then after that, it all mm-hmm. kind of leveled out. We never really did get that much rain. There was a couple good like thunderstorms that we got that shut Wheat City down for maybe a day. But other than that, like everything weathered really well. Um, and just the overall conditions of every course that I played this year, um, I would say it was completely above average on like a good year. I would agree with that. Did you guys see the stats that uh, Golf Manitoba posted? No, I didn't. No? Oh, I thought that that's why you were talking about this, Reggie. No, I just meant in general. I didn't even didn't oh, see okay. anything like that. I'll, uh, I'll bring it up here quickly. So I don't know if this was uh, – I don't know if this is something that they do every year or not. This is the first time I've seen it. And so Golf Manitoba posted their uh, leaderboard today for total rounds. And at the top of the list was Breezy Bend, 
um, just outside of Winnipeg with 21, just about 22,000 rounds this summer. Wow. Pine Ridge was private. Yeah, they're private. Breezy Bend is private. From what I hear, they're pretty loosely private, which I don't really know what that means. Um, my my interpretation of it is that members are a lot more willing to bring in other people than other courses. That's kind of my, what I took away from it. Uh, but it's a private course, and uh, oh. number actually all the top five were pri- were private courses. Yeah. Uh, number two was Pine Ridge, twenty thousand five hundred. Number three was St. Charles, 19,100. Number four was Nyakwa with 18,600. And number five was Elmhurst at uh, 17,500 rounds this summer. Hmm. It, it just says member clubs, so I would assume that that's all the courses included. Maybe, maybe some other courses didn't have as much data as those courses, but that still seems like a lot. 22,000 rounds. Roscoe says entered rounds in the Gulf Canada app. But, like, does that make sense? That seems really high. How many how many days in a golf year do you think you have? I was just going to figure that out. So, let's say we have May, what, June, July, August, September. What's that? Five months times 30 days? Say 150. Let's say 140. 150 um, live mouth on the show here. This is never a good idea. But 22,000 divided by 40? Uh, 140. Could have put an equal sign there, Jor. You've used a spreadsheet before. 158 rounds a day. That's crazy. That's not. 18 people an hour. For eight hours a day. Teeing off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they'd be going for 12 hours a day, probably. Yeah, that's probably probably accurate. That means that they're busy all the time. So based off Roscoe's comment, then does that mean that every single round is being entered by every person who plays there? I mean. Because that almost seems like capacity. It should So Roscoe says Wheat City peak days would be 250. Yeah, so maybe. Either way, that's a lot of golf. And I mean, if Roscoe's right, that's even more impressive, right? Very, yeah, that's impressive. It is kind of crazy. All five of those are private private courses. But I mean, every time you drive past Breezy Bend, that play that parking lot's just packed. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like people in the city, like I I don't know. A lot, a lot more people golf in the city during the week than in a rural Manitoba, I would think. Probably true. Whether it be for like business meetings and stuff like that or like work functions, I think there's a lot more going on there than there is here. I, I think it's more normal to for people who work in business to be on the golf course. Like I think, I don't know, I feel like it happens a lot. I think you're right. There's a lot more suits in Winnipeg, let's just say that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and Wheat City, I mean, I shouldn't say that about Wheat City, but Wheat City is also pretty uh, pretty busy throughout the day. So um, anyway, shout out to the Manitoba courses. 
22,000 rounds. That's, that's a lot of people going through there, whether that's yeah. uh, entered scores or not. That's a lot of people going through there. So, um, yeah. Okay. Roscoe's got more information. He says private clubs put more pressure on people to enter their scores for handicaps. Uh, 90, he'd assume 90% of the members have a handicap and enter their scores daily. That would make sense too. I wonder what the reasoning is for that. Inflates their numbers and makes them look good. Yeah. I don't know. That would be legit because, I mean, they're trying a lot harder to get memberships. Uh, I think the last couple of years would be a lot less of a – because remember talking to um, Maddie Lorenz? He said that five years ago they were just begging for people to get memberships. Now there's a big waiting list for it at Elmhurst. Yeah. So. Uh, Drake <laughs> said, pretty sure when you get booked in for a round in the system, it automatically goes into the eligible column. So I'll just that mean? Oh. So. Oh yeah. Okay. So so I guess like in saying that I don't know, maybe not. Uh, I was gonna say when people book tea times, they might just have like a standing tea time, so that might count as going every day at, at private clubs. Tough to say. We don't know. We don't know the ins and outs. We we should uh, have one of these. We should get Maddie back on the show to answer some of these questions for us to kind of do a debrief. Um, or Terry, too. Nyack was on the list. I don't know anybody mm-hmm. at Breezy Ben, but. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. Like, lots of people just have standing tea times every day. Like, if you're a, a guy who's been there for a lot of years, you just have your 840 tea time every day. So it's hard yeah. to get tea times there too. I know that like at Southwood, it's hard to get tea times. One, th- one thing I do want to do next summer is be a lot better about tracking my rounds. I tracked zero rounds this year. Yeah. Other than league. our, yeah, league app, that's it. Uh, Drake's pretty religious about it for sure. I, I, uh, I'm jealous of that fact. He's like the Matty Fitzpatrick of uh, Royal Manitoba. Who's that, Drake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt Zimmerman uh, or Drake Fitzpatrick? Drake Fitz. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's move on. We got uh, – we bumped up Drums's segment. Drums's segment is sticking around for the new kingdom uh, because we love it. He talks about uh, everything happening in the golf world. We dive into each a little bit, and uh, it's it's called officially Around the Greens. Correct, Drums? Yeah. We're going with that. We need like a, I need to put a video together for the start of each uh, segment here, but. Oh, that'd be beauty. What's going on around the greens tonight? Uh, the first one I got on the docket for us is, uh, <laughs> this one's pretty funny. Uh, an Aussie cricket player uh, has to miss a World Cup match after sustaining a concussion in a golf accident. Uh, so this uh, Australian cricketer's name is Glenn Maxwell. Uh, He had a few days off in between World Cup matches. Uh, His team won. Evidently, they had a match about three days later. So in between, the boys had a little fun, blew off some steam, went golfing, unfortunately for him. Uh, And they haven't confirmed if or if not booze was a factor or if it was involved. Uh, But he decided to take a short trip from a green to the tee box on the back of a cart and somehow (laughs) making his way there. 
He yard sailed off the back, smacked his head on the pavement, and uh, oh. the concussion spotter pulled him. He's out for uh, a World Cup match, which absolute kick in the dick to miss a World Cup match. <laughs> <laughs> After getting banged up with the boys on the golf course. That's crazy. Imagine how greased he was. Yeah. There's no way he's uh, falling off a cart sober, for sure. It's not It's not if, it's how many beers. Right? <clears throat> yeah. Like, unless they were going through a ditch or something to make the cart bounce something fierce. On pavement, though. Yeah, he had to be oiled up pretty well. <laughs> oiled up. <laughs> uh, did you guys see yeah. Rombo tossing out the first pitch at the World Series game the other day? No. No, I didn't, no. Not bad, not bad. Decent little throw. A little better than uh, some other have fared. Uh, 50 Cent comes to mind, throwing her about six miles left. Uh, but he, <laughs> 50 Cent. He did have his green jacket on. Nice. Question, question to you guys. How Rumble? often, if you were doing like events like this, how often is that thing getting pulled out? Daily. You think daily? No, even, but even every, just every time it goes somewhere. Yeah, let's go. Come every on, dinner party. Fun. Like, yeah, if you're going out to dinner with uh, with a lady, are you wearing the green jacket? Oh, good. Just going out to the restaurant, <laughs> green jacket. Yeah. Going to, even if you're just going to Mr. Mike's or something, right? Just yeah. wherever it is, no matter what. That's my Or Halloween. I, Halloween. Halloween, you dress up as a master's champ. <laughs> do they grocery shop? Like, do famous people grocery shop? Offer to the store. I doubt it. Actually, in the States, it's funny because there are, I think Whole Foods is like the rich people's uh, grocery store there. Yeah. Like there's different classes of grocery stores, I believe. I mean, it's kind of similar here, I guess, in a way. Uh, I I think it's a lot more um, spaced out in the States compared to here. Like, I think, I think their higher end is higher than our higher end. Yes. That's what I mean. And their lower end probably is lower than our lower end, too. Yeah, I witnessed a pretty good fight at No Frills the other day. Oh. In Dauphin. Like bombs thrown? Oh, yeah. They're shoving each other up against the cart. Uh, like Inside the, the store? Cart. No, the cart return outside. I was just walking by and they just got threw him into the carts. It was pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> yep, don't need a cart today. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'll, I'll use, use my, my arms. arms this <laughs> 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 yeah, you guys go ahead. I don't need a card anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just avoid conflict at all costs. Uh, and then we've got a bit of news. Some of the format has been revealed for uh, Tiger and Rory TGL. Do we know what TGL stands for? Tigers Golf League. That's the only thing that makes sense. Even if it's not called that. If it's not, it, it is now. <laughs> Tigers Golf League. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, so it is going to begin January 9th, 2024. Um, so it features, excuse me, six four-player teams competing in an arena. Uh, there's going to be two sessions each week uh, with the first nine-hole match, a three versus three alternate shot format and then the second session will be a six hole match of head-to-head competition with each player playing two holes during the session what 
one player on each team will not compete each week. So like, there's a lot to this. It's going to take a lot of time. Maybe not a lot of time, but it's going to take a few, uh, I guess, weeks before you kind of get uh, everything down packed. So there is going to be overtimes uh, to break ties, but it's going to be similar to uh, soccer, they say, um, with regular season points awarded to an outright victor. Overtime victory, you get less points. Overtime loss, you get less points further. When's this fire up? What's that? When's this fire up? January uh, 9th. Is it live or pre-recorded? It's supposed to be live. Which means pre-recorded anyway, so. Yeah. When I saw that list, I thought, like, seems like a lot of guys. Do you think? Like, if they're playing two holes each, that's pretty lame, no? Imagine showing up to somebody and playing two holes. Well, you're going to play two holes in your second session. So you're going to play full 18, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then your next match, you're going to play just two holes. Makes no sense to me, but... That's what Did I you get. read about like the setup in there? Did you? Sorry, yeah, I was trying to find the name of it. Yeah, it's like just that. gonna be. It's just way too hard to try to explain it over verbally. But basically, like, if they're gonna hit their shots into the same, and if they get inside a hundred, then they're gonna move over to the green, where the green is like, it's like, uh, it's motorizing it changed, contours. It changed, it's motorizing, changing shapes towards the green. Yeah. Okay, so they hit their drives and stuff onto the screen. Yeah. And then when they get to 100 yards and in, it's like an actual 100-yard shot. Yeah. And they have to put it out on that. Oh, that that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, so and as soon as they get, they go to that distance, and then they hit that distance into the green. And, yeah, so it, it's supposed to be all within that facility. I guess it'll be 100 yards long, maybe, I guess. I don't – whatever. 100, 150, and then it's supposed to have stadium seating around it, right? Like with mm-hmm. patrons there as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. It's different. We'll give it a shot. I don't yeah. have a lot of hope for this thing, but maybe just because I don't really completely understand what the hell is going on or how this is going to work. I actually think I like it, man. I think it'll be pretty cool now if, after hearing that. I thought it was all just going to be into the screen. Oh, That's so there's there's... There's teams too. Did you see the team names? Crushers. <laughs> they're they're, uh, they're becoming like uh, live. Live. Yeah, like they're That's selling right. teams to like celebrities and stuff. It says Aww. that Justin Thomas joins Atlanta Drive GC, mm-hmm. and Colin Morikawa's LA GC's first player. Oh, I did see that. I just didn't know what LA GC was. There's LAGC, Boston Common, Atlanta Drive, New York, and San Francisco so far. And they're but they're all being played at the same spot every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. That's kind of cool. Yeah, like I, mean, I think I, it's, it's going to be one facility, one Shanks type facility, and everybody comes there every week, I guess. I think I do really might like... be Technology Golf League. Tiger, better. I really do like the team aspect of it, though. Like, I like the fact that they can have their own brand, their own gear. Um, if you've been paying attention at all to the live stuff, like Bubba's been talking about his plans for uh, the range goats. Like, they're going to have their own huge practice facility. 
where they can bring guys in there and and train together. I think that that's pretty cool. And I think that that's one aspect of golf that's kind of been missing through the years. Um, and you can say whatever you want about live and all that kind of stuff. But I, I do like the way that that's moving in terms of the team aspect of it and, and having guys, older guys, mentor younger guys, instead of just always being by yourself and with your coach. Like, I just think that guys will become a lot better at, at everything with having older mentors that can help them out. Think about a hockey room. Yeah. Like you don't want to rely hundred percent on your coach. You need the older guys in the room who've been there before who have actually done it. That's who you, you know, take most of advice from instead of, you know, a coach can give you tips and shit like that, but they've never, they've never been there before the majority of them. And that's never really been there in golf other than the, the old guys who take the mentors in or mm-hmm. take that to put the young kids under their, their wing, right? Like Tiger did to, to Rory and JT, but like it, which is rare though. I'm sure, I'm sure it happens it, more than we know, but yeah, I think it happens a lot more than we know. Maybe. Um, I think another cool aspect of this is like, if you go to a golf event, I mean, you're, you're walking around and you're, uh, you're trying to follow the same person the whole round and you can't really see everybody at the same time. I think that this completely changes how golf can be viewed live because I mean, golf live, if it's not the waste management, I mean, it is cool. It's cool to see them hit a tee shot and it's cool to see them hit shots into the greens, but it's kind of like cool for so long. I feel like if it's not like major atmosphere or something like that, or if it's not Sunday down the stretch, I mean, you can only watch a guy hit shots so many times before it kind of gets old. Whereas this is like you're in a stadium and you have all like you saw that whole list of players and like all you have to do is sit in your seat now and you can watch them play from there. It's it'll be like watching on TV, except you're there in person. You know what I mean? Yep. And I don't think that's ever happened in golf. I don't think anything's ever been innovative like that where you could see everybody at once. And I don't know. And the fact that it'll be on like primetime TV will be a huge boost for them too. In the winter time. It's it's on Mondays though, right? Yeah. Like how are guys gonna be after a grind of four days? Like I think that's why for the most part it um will only be like it ends the week before Masters or the or two weeks before Masters. Oh, it's just a winter thing. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, that makes more sense then. I guess for them, though, they don't want to compete too much with football. True. So I guess, yeah, the Super Bowl would be in February. So, yeah, they'd have a month, yeah, by themselves. But, I mean, leading up to that, there won't be many teams playing Monday night if it's playoffs. True. I'm sure they considered this. Nobody goes up against the NFL. People are nuts about the NFL. Yeah, I think it's that uh, I was actually kind of surprised. I didn't know how it would be like. I was like you, Jordan. And then I, and they said that the the screen that they're hitting into is like, what did they say? 40 times? No, that would be too big. Yeah. It's massive, anyways. Like, it is a massive screen that they're hitting into. So, are they further back then as well? Must be. I think so. Because it wouldn't really make sense if it was a massive screen and they're still only three feet away from it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, though. It, it's something to look yeah. forward to. What else we got, Drummy? That's pretty much all I got for Around the Greens. That's Around the Greens? That was a quick one, but good. 
we dove into the TGL a little bit long, so that's good. Um, also, this sorry, week, we... sorry, sorry, I, yeah. I gotta pause and go back to that for a sec. Okay, um, it's a giant simulator screen powered by full swing technology, measures 64 feet high and 46 feet across, roughly 20 times the size of a standard sim screen. Alongside the simulator inside the venue will be dynamic short game complex that includes three sand bunkers, three individual 15 by 27 virtual greens within a massive 3,800 square foot putting surface. So like, that's huge, man. The whole place is 250,000 square feet. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. I, you know what? I didn't know that uh, PGA greens were that big, but uh, I think it was a, what was the last tournament we watched? Briar Cup. Um, they were talking about how big the greens were. And I, I want to get the number right. I don't want to screw it up, but uh, it blew my mind. Um, hold on. I, I'll find it somewhere. Oh, yeah, the other quick one I had. The other quick one I had written down was how good was uh, Adam Hadwin's wife's costume? <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> what was it? Something about the security guard? It was uh, him with a champagne bottle. She was dressed as him, and he was dressed as the security guard. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. She's a pretty good Twitter uh, follow, eh? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that was such a good costume, man. So the average green size at the Ryder Cup was 6,000 square feet, 6,750 uh, square feet. Huge. And I just think of a house being, what, 1,000 square feet, 2,000 square feet? Well, even if it's two, two is a big house. Yeah, so three three houses was the Wait, average. What? Yeah. They're that big? 6,000 square, almost 7,000 square feet average green size. It had to be, that has to be like uncommon, no? I, that's something I don't know. The, the, I couldn't believe that they were this big. So I'm guessing if they mentioned it, it's probably bigger than normal. Yeah. So. <laughs> what would Dolphin be like? Uh... <laughs> the you know, size of this office? 600 square feet. 1,500 square feet. How much drums? Uh, the average PGA Tour green size is 6,600 square feet. Oh, really? Wow. So 60 by 100. Oof. That's, that's actually pretty crazy. Three big houses is a green. Imagine hitting a putt across. Well, I mean, the total width of it, though, wouldn't be that long, right? Either way, I don't know. That depends. It depends. It's big, though. Um, yeah, well, I mean, if you think of like a 60-foot pot by a 100-foot pot, like that's... Well, if you, did it, if you did it as a square, it says 28 by 28 yards. Yeah, that makes sense. It just it seems big compared to a house, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this week on Instagram and Twitter, we put out a poll after that uh, video, the Golf Town video. Uh, put out a poll for the best drivers in golf and pretty tight, pretty tight uh, contest there. Not going to lie. That's almost like, uh, what was the other the last tight one we had? 
Um, anyways, oh, I can't remember. The best, but it was feeling. The best okay. feeling in golf. Yes, chip in putts and and long drives. They're all thirty three percent each. These ones were all twenty five percent each, pretty much. Titleist, Ping, Callaway, and TaylorMade. Uh, both Instagram and Twitter were pretty much a four way split, twenty five percent each, which was interesting. I, I was a little bit surprised by that, honestly. You guessed Cobra, but that was my favorite of all time. I wish I would have never got rid of my Cobra. <laughs> I have Cobra. Um, Callaway numbers surprised me. Callaway's growing right now. And so did Titleist. Titleist surprised me as well. I hate Titleist drivers. Dusty Dick said that was the best. It's the best driver he's ever hit. The new one. Titleist? Yeah. Like, I love the look of them. They they've always had like the best looking drivers, I find. Yeah. I think for me they just kind of seem like too prestigious of a of a outfit for, for my grubby hands. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's why I've never like I wouldn't say it's in the same sentence as like PXG, but it, it just does seem like it's out of my right. I think that the, I think that the reason you guys probably think that is because like they make like their driver. Like they make the top one, and that's all that they make. Whereas right. TaylorMade has like all these different levels of their drivers. Callaway has that. Um, yeah, that's fair. True. So does Ping. Whereas Titleist is just like that, and then it's like the three different. Maybe they do. They just don't call it different things. I don't know. I think it's different letters, have, isn't it? Yeah, they have like T one, T two, T two hundred, T three hundred. So I guess that would be like the yeah different ones, but. They only have the one, one really brand of it. They're nice looking though, really nice. Yeah, they're super sharp. Uh, so we got. Uh, what do you hit then, Reggie? What's your What's yours right now? TaylorMade. Stealth, yeah. Stealth. I'm a TaylorMade as well, and Drummy's a Cobra. Cobra got gassed from the first one because uh, the numbers were too low. Cobra I'll check in next summer. To see- oh, sorry. Pro- yeah, Cobra's probably getting gas from my bag too. I'm going to check it next time to see how I like that TaylorMade. What are you going to get, Drummy? I don't know. I might actually do like uh, like test test a bunch out, get in some demo days, get out to Shanks, get fitted yeah, possibly. Good idea. Actually make it good work. Idea. Yeah. Tour, uh, I should read because uh, Chaz, Chaz is a bit of a an equipment nerd. Uh, not I don't mean to call him a nerd. I just... He he knows a lot about golf clubs, so he. Uh, That's a nerd. He says in regards to what distance, forgiveness, or accuracy. So I said, you tell us what's the best in each category, and he said distance is tailor made. Callaway and Titleist now, which is crazy. It took this long for them to get in the game, so he put three of them in there. Forgiveness, Ping, and tailor made are tops, but for an all-around driver for the average golfer, I would have to say Ping wins. And I've heard that from a lot of people, man. I've heard that anybody who hits a ping just absolutely falls in love with it. Like, but that's it. Really just, interesting to me. Yeah, never ping has kind of like a weird uh, what? Uh, they kind of form their stuff around old men for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I think it still has that like uh, stuffy feeling. Yeah, it's just that's bigger at all. I did, I did not like when they changed their logo to like that cartoony ping look. 
Yeah. It just looks kind of cheap to me. I don't know. I will say some of their hats with that logo I do like, but everything else I agree with you. Um, remember like the Ping I3s? I think that's where everybody yeah. kind of fell off on them. Yeah. Weren't the sharpest looking? Those drivers looked atrocious. Yeah. Isn't Vic a Ping guy? Javi? Yeah. Yeah. And like the irons, they had like that weird, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The weird hosel. Yeah. They've been, Ping's been pretty innovative though. Like they were kind of the brand that's really started the the club fitting for every, like the right. putter, the irons, the wedges, the driver. Like they were pretty much the first ones in that game um, for the bigger brands anyways. There was always like the, the more custom smaller ones that uh, had the fittings, but um, Ping was, Ping was first about, and that's come a long ways. That's something that, is on my bucket list in the future is to get fitted for some clubs finally. Never yeah, done. Like I, I remember working at the golf course and you'd have the demo days and most of the brands would just have bags of all the different assortments. So different club head with different shaft with everything, right? Where ping, it was just, they had their cart. You want this shaft? I'm throwing this head yeah. on it for you, doing it up and you can hit it. And that was quite mm -hmm. earlier compared to everybody else. Oh, yeah. Years ago, probably. Yeah. 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 They always had those cards. Nobody else had those cards. I think yeah. there's one at the back of uh, Dolphin, actually. Yeah. Just all show. five irons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With different lies and stuff on it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Different color coding, too. Yeah. I think the thing that they kind of lacked, and I mean, I guess maybe you couldn't have one with the other, but I feel like they kind of like, uh, they always went too much on like performance and they never made their clubs look cool i don't know if that's that's a it's a shitty thing to say but i mean if if it's just if it's just somebody who's going off i, I mean i i bought blacked out irons because i like the look of them I, I don't give a shit how i hit them to be honest which is probably bad but uh that's, that's but i feel like i'm not alone like i feel like that's a lot of people for sure oh, it, it's a big thing of how it looks yeah. over when, when you're standing over top of it for me and I mean, there's a reason all these companies are going to black on black and all this, like the different looks. And I don't think Ping ever did that. You know what I mean? Like they just kind of. But then it's also weird that they killed it in the uh, bag game for so long too. Like how they did, popular right? the bags were. The Huffers. The Hurston bags. The Huffers, yeah. yeah. Well, I still got not, one. Were they not the original carry bag too? have to be i guess right? like in the, in our sense of it yeah like they were the ones who figured it out for sure yeah um, they were popular really popular when we were kids mm -hmm. like they were the they were the bag and there's not this is not really the case anymore who would be now like uh um, i don't know vessel? if there's a one vessel vessel would be one for like I rich think, people <laughs> i still think ping is very popular in the bag. I just bought a ping last year and I bought an East one too. So I, I'm going to say ping. <laughs> uh, Drake's a ping putter guy. He's uh he's got the right-handed putter as a lefty. <clears throat> he said he got it for 70 bucks at uh, Drake. If you're still in the chat, type in that uh, warehouse in, in Arizona that you bought it at. I thought it was strictly online, but apparently he said that they have a huge warehouse here and pretty much any club you can get there, they can fit you for. Uh, that's Rock just bottom. kind of hard to, pardon me? Rock bottom? Nope. 
Uh, it's like world golf world where I don't know whatever it is he'll know. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's move on to fix your divots, um, and then we're gonna get to the main the meat of the show. So Reggie's uh, Reggie's you're reading that, hey? Yeah. Okay, so I'll uh, yes, I finally got <clears throat> this little bastard. Sorry everybody for clapping, but I was trying to kill this little fly. I got him. Um, so I'll, I'll, uh, read the ad tonight. Drums can read the fix your divot and then Reggie will get into the new and improved stroke saver. So tonight's segment of fix your divots, which has been a pretty popular segment. I think we, we kind of get to get back to posting it on Instagram a little bit more. Um, but it's sponsored by Prairie scratch tour, the premier amateur golf tour in Manitoba run by a couple guys in Winnipeg and they tour right across Manitoba. The best of the best play there. And uh, we're going to hopefully play in at least one next year. That's our promise to the community. We'll see how that turns out and it goes, but we're going to try it. Um, but they're, they're doing things right Their Their tournaments are great. They got the media going, their social media is there. So we're uh, happy to support them and promote the tour. So, the fix your divot segment is all about things we could be doing differently, pet peeves on the course that, that drive people nuts. And we want to kind of bring them to life in hopes of uh, maybe next time on the course, after hearing it, you might not do it. So drums, what's the uh, fix your divots tonight? This one comes from our buddy Clayton Carefoot, and pretty sure everybody's going to agree with him on this one. Um, big, big pet peeve. And the fix your divot is... When the beer cart girl stops anywhere but the tee box. <laughs> so middle of the fairway, loading up the boys, or at the green loading up the boys, can't have it. You got to meet everybody at the tee box. Guys, if you come across this happening, just tell her, hey, can you meet us at the tee box in two minutes? We'll be right there. You can start pouring drinks. Even give her your order. Um, and then she can just take your money once you guys get to the tee box keep everything moving nothing worse than being behind people that are slow and then the beer cart gets involved uh <laughs> it just takes a turn for everybody uh e even if it's not slow just any way you can to pick up some speed and it definitely needs to happen yep i like when they take the orders at the at the green and then either they pull off to the side there or they pull up to the tee box with you there's a couple so at Weed City that do that. When everybody sits at the green and you yeah. have to wait for them, because you don't want, you never know. That's when you're going to hit a hit a wayward one and, and yeah. ding somebody over there. Uh, yeah, that's so frustrating, man. It's like, and people are waiting on you, like in the on the tee if you're in the fairway and like you're mm -hmm. like, man, like we can't go anywhere. Like the, you guys are getting drinks up there, and yeah, that's, and then we're and then we're going to get them when we get up there. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, exactly, because then they're still there, right? Like, yeah. It's just a, yeah, it's a bit, no, and actually then they pull up to you in the fairway and you're like, then you get it there. It's, yeah, it's horrible. But I, mm -hmm. I, I, you can't fault the beer cart girls because it's not on them, right? Well, they should be taught. Yeah, they have to be taught. I mean, yeah. nobody in the world True. can know unless it's they not know their whole life. Yeah, it's not right. common sense. But. And I mean, even with that in mind, like a lot of the things we talk about on Fixer Divots for the majority of golfers, I don't think it's really common sense. And so that's part of the reason why we're doing this. So 
Uh, we will hopefully put this one on Instagram, Facebook, and maybe a, a cart girl out there who follows our account will see it. Maybe a future cart girl will see it. And uh, that's how we come about with change. So thanks to Clayton for uh, the Fix Your Divot segment there. We definitely agree with that. And uh, I, I do like the fact that you said uh, drums to order and then meet her at the tee box. I think that that's uh, a good aspect of it. So um, Drake also said second swing is what he was talking about. So second swing have uh, big warehouses in Scottsdale uh, and Minneapolis. Hey, and I'm yeah. with Drake here. He said, unpopular opinion. I'm not really in a, in a rush when I'm golfing. It's my happy place. I say that all the time. It's like, where, what's you, what are you rushing to? Uh, this is the best part of your day. And you're rushing to get back home or to your job or to your whatever. I'm not rushing. There, but is, it, piss off. there is a happy medium. There is a happy medium. For sure. For sure. Because it, it is very frustrating when you're waiting on every shot. Yeah. But I'm with Drake there. Okay. I bet you I'm, I bet you I'm six strokes higher when I'm waiting for people on the golf course. Oh. Easily. That's insane. I'm telling you. I'm telling you that's I, insane. I have I have like ADHD and I can't wait to hit my next shot. So if I'm sitting around, I completely forget where I am and then I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, I know that's fair. Else. Okay. Well, in this next part here, it's usually – uh, well, not usually, but in the future, we're going to have a, a segment that I'm going to do with your guys' help and, and anybody else's out there help. I think it's going to be fun. It's kind of going to be like a weekly kind of challenge thing, I guess you'd say, but uh, it still has to have some little bit of polishing on it and a couple more ideas before we introduce it to the show. So I'm going to I'm going to postpone it until uh, further further notice. But. We're, we're revamping Reggie's stroke saver here, which I'm really excited for. I think that this is kind of going to be the, the main part of every show. Um, oh, there's another bug in here. Got it. Um, I I so, quick, quick backstory to that. You in an aquarium? You got dead bodies <laughs> over there? <laughs> what are you hiding? So planted the garden. Mom, mom planted a bunch of tomatoes, which I don't, I don't like tomatoes. So they were little baby ones, little baby orange ones. And I ate them once in a while if I was like hungry before supper or like in the afternoon when I was out there. Uh, but at the end of the year, there was like a hundred of these tomatoes that I just hadn't eaten. And I, you know, didn't want to just let them go to waste. So I put, uh, Bridge and I went out there at like 10 o'clock one night before it was going to freeze and put them into this little container. And it sat on the counter for probably a week or two. And, uh, Fruit flies. Zero of them got eaten. And they're not really fruit, fruit flies, but I'm pretty certain that they came from that uh, tomato <laughs> compost bin. Uh, they're not horrible, but they're not. They're kind of annoying. But anyways, um, Reggie's Stroke Saver. So what we're going to do with this is we're going to turn it into like a longer segment. Uh, Reggie's going to basically, we're going to bring one idea or thought or tip or like whatever it may be from a book, from a video from a golf digest magazine, just something that we pick up along the way. And uh, Reggie's going to read it. Then we're kind of going to just talk about it for a while, give our own experiences with it. Um, and uh, How does that happen every week? It's a good reminder to everybody out there. I'm at 53 days. Are you? 
I'm making like 16 cents per shake right now. I'm not even going to tell you what I'm at. Oh, don't. I don't want to dox myself. Hey, Bitcoin's going up. That's that's nice. Bitcoin's buzzing right now. Bitcoin's on the rise. I like checking it. 35,000 bucks. Up 100% since the start of the year. So if you happen to get in uh, 88 sats, your investment has gone up 100% since then. Not bad. That'll do. It's, it goes up, it goes down, but mostly it goes up. When oh, golf course. Is that good? 100% returns. It's okay compared to everything else happening in the world right now. Good. good. When golf course. <laughs> okay, so Reggie, without further ado, I'll probably just kind of throw that out there maybe for the next couple episodes, but um, it's just a deeper dive into Reggie's Stroke Saver and kind of like the focus of the show now. Uh, instead of having to come up with something every show, we want to put the focus on helping people get better at golf, uh, the mental side of things, less technical stuff for sure, course management, strategy, and uh, you play better, you enjoy it more, and that's the goal of the of the kingdom. So, Reggie, what do we got tonight? This is a lot of reading for me. I'm yeah, I know. Two. I kind of pre-read I'm a grade two. I'm a grade two reader. No, I'm kidding. This is an insert from uh, Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. Uh, Dr. Bob Rotella, we've talked about him a bunch on here. Uh, unbelievable book. If you haven't read it, do so. Uh, this is an insert from there. So whether you're a pro or an amateur, we all know one thing. We're better players than we're showing on the golf course and in tournaments. Why is it that golfer cannot simply command his body to repeat that same motion that has brought success thousands of times in practice or at the range? This is a lot of reading. Consider the balance beam, another sport like golf where the, play, where the player initiates the action. If you lay a 4x4 four four beam on the floor and ask somebody to walk from one end to the other, it's easy. Now mount the beam 40 feet in the air with no net underneath. Mentally, the task has changed dramatically. A strong fear of failure has been introduced. That's actually the name of tonight's episode, Fear of Failure. Most people in this circumstance will respond by starting to think about the mechanical things they don't worry about when the beam is on the floor. They stop trusting the body's ability to remain balanced as they walk down the beam. Thinking this way causes the muscles to tighten and the movements of the body to grow spasmodic and jerky. A golfer who fears failure tends to think about swing mechanics. Inevitably, he will lose whatever grace and rhythm nature has given him, which leads to inconsistent shot making. This suggests the most important principle. You cannot hit a golf ball consistently well if you think about the mechanics of your swing as you play. The time to worry about your swing mechanics must be limited. But the place to worry about them is the practice tee and only the practice tee. You have to believe that you have to believe that you've practiced the golf swing enough to have faith in it. To put it concisely, a golfer must train a swing and then trust it. Amateurs would be much better off forgetting about the swing mechanics on the course. They should be more focused on appropriate targets and strategy. They need to commit to shooting the best score possible with the swing they brought to the course that day. Good job, Reggie. Man, drink a couple beers and then try to read it. A few paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't bad. I thought it was going to be longer, actually. They probably won't all be that long. That's no, that's not too long. No, kind of the idea here is that we don't want to just throw out like a random one-liner thing to do like you have to have some context there i really like the balance beam comparison yeah. um because you know think about walking a balance beam on the floor 
versus at the top of uh and even listening to that like if you purchase if if i put myself in that position like my stomach literally turns thinking about walking across a balance beam 40 feet when you're literally doing the exact same thing right um so Reggie, maybe just repeat those because I bolded a few things on there. So repeat some of the bolded stuff just so we can kind of dive into those a little bit. Yeah. So basically the, the, what we were talking about with the balance beam was the, the fear of failure. Yeah. And the golfer who fears failure tends to think about swing mechanics. So when you start to think about a bad shot that you're going to have, you start feeling your, you start actually thinking about your swing. Whereas when you're in the zone, as we all know, and you're on the course, I mean, you might have one swing thought, but you're you're sure as hell not thinking about anything. You're picking a target and swinging towards it, and that's when people golf the best. When you start fearing the golf swing, then you start thinking about the mechanics, and then you guys know how that works, man. You all you tighten right up, yeah. you swing it like shit. Um, a good example of that is actually it's it's hard to believe, but it's on the PGA Tour. It's that uh, what the hell's his name there that went to live the the Matt stud. Wolf. No, the uh, the the kid uh, Mito, Mito Pereira. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That swing that he had on eighteen. Yes. Just, it just his whole body just went crazy. Yeah. There was so much pressure. His body shut down on him. Whereas he's done that a million times. That same swing without. I don't know. It's just it's. You gotta you gotta find a swing that you can trust, and that's probably been this this actually this quote hit home because I've been going to the course with a different swing, just swinging it around. And that's all fine and dandy when you're playing playing uh, Men's Night in Gilbert or anything like that. But as soon as there's any kind of actual pressure on the line and you don't have one swing that you can actually trust, you, you're always finding a different swing that day, that's when it breaks down. And that's when you tighten up and that's when you hit those shitty shots. Because in order to be good under pressure, you have to have a swing that you can fall back on and you just know exactly how it goes and when you when you start doing mechanics and you start overthinking mechanics that's when shit really goes south on the golf course Mm -hmm. yeah from from my perspective like this i really felt this one too and i think that you know kind of the purpose of this is going to be things that if i if we read or see or whatever it is and we feel it there's probably somebody else out there who kind of has the same is going through the same thing and i'm very guilty of playing tight too tight and it affects my swing. Um, the main thing I find when um, when I'm playing like this is I come out of it and uh, with a fade, it turns into a push because I, I stop all my momentum because I'm too worried about where it's going to go instead of just swinging right through it and putting. So I lose power for one. It turns into a bailout push, uh, which is usually safe. It's not the worst thing to do. But it's nothing compared to actually when I'm just kind of like swinging through the ball instead of actually trying to hit the ball. And, uh, you know, things that I think of is like, for one, what what are you afraid of to myself? Like, I'm not going to die here. My life is not at risk. I'm hitting around a little white ball. It's beautiful outside. There, there should be zero fear running through my body. I'm not playing for my, my livelihood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if I was, you know, I'd be putting a lot more hours into the practice part of it. And so I'd be able to trust it more. Um, but nothing, nothing, I'm not going to die if I go in the bush here. So why not just swing at it? And the second thing is, is uh, Stan's advice. You know, there, there's there's not a lake behind the hole. If, if you happen to run it a foot by or two feet by the hole, 
not isn't you know you don't have a penalty stroke coming your way. You just put it in the hole. And I feel like even putting, you're you're scared, and that's what leads to being short and hitting uh, pushes. It's the same kind of thing. But what are you scared of? Yeah, ego. I guess ego would be part of it, but um, I don't know. What's your thoughts on a drummy? Yeah, I guess I'm 100 percent with you, having not thought about it till now. Um, but a million percent, it's ego and your self perception of how good a golfer you are. Yep. Like I know, strictly for myself, same thing. Speaking. Um, to the driver, I know that that thing is fucked in my bag. Should never <laughs> even be brought out. But go to a range and I can hit that thing all day. Get yeah, to a tee box. As soon as I hit a tee box, something changes in my head. And as soon as that swing takes off, it's a completely different swing than what I was hitting at the at the driving range. Yes. Um, I'm not the best at realizing that. And so well, I'm usually eight, nine holes in before I'm like, you've been the problem the whole time. <laughs> and then by then it's like one more drink and I'm careless anyway. So it didn't matter. So I got to get, uh, I got to get that, that starting figured out mentally. Um, yeah. And it's funny you say that drums because, you know, I put a pretty big ex- excerpt into this uh, show tonight, but the the conversation leading up to this the point where reggie started talking was he was talking about how and the first sentence that reggie said was people players can't understand how they're so good on the range and then as soon as they go to the course they're a completely different player mm-hmm. and it's because you're thinking about your swing too much and when you're thinking about your swing you're too tight and uh you know that's kind of the starting point and the end point is that the way to the way to get away from that is to focus more on the target. Is it necessarily thinking about the swing too much or is it the result too much? Both. I, th- I would say both. Because it makes sense, right? Because, and if you think, if you put yourself in a, in a spot where you're walking ac- across a beam that's 40 feet in the air, you're, you're telling your foot basically to move forward instead of just letting your body do it naturally. And when you're doing that, you get all out of sync because your mind and your body are, are out of sync, right? You're telling your body to do something that already knows how to do. And you do all a thousand times before, but all of a sudden, because of the change in the mentality and where you're at, um, that's the, that's the, the, uh, the split there is between the mind and body. You're telling it to do something that it knows how to do. And it, it should just do it naturally. You know, what's crazy is, is when I used to, I don't know. I used to be the complete opposite of like that, that statement. Like I, the range, man, I I couldn't hit a ball to range to save my life. And then I'd go in the course and feel would just take over. And then that's when I would, you know, and now it's, I don't know. It's so strange how it, how it changes. As soon as you lose feel in golf, you're just hooped in my opinion. Well, it's constant lessons you're going to. Yeah. And Reggie, I think you're being a little bit too hard on yourself. Like, I mean, just watching your swing from last year to this year, like you could tell how much reliance you were putting on your uh, one of the foot compared to the other one because you didn't want to mess it up again. And that and that changes your entire swing. So 
I mean, you kind of have to put this summer behind you and just completely forget about it because that's not really you as a golfer. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're that's one thing that you always did really well is that you just kind of played without fear of anything. And and I've always played with fear, Um, probably because of ego. I mean, that's that's life. It's it's uh, easy for me to admit that. I think that other people could as well. Um, And I need to. I've, I've started more to put a focus on the target and on that kind of stuff. I just feel like I'm not fully there yet. Mm-hmm. Like I think about the target, but I'm not completely 100% dialed in on that yet. I'm still, I'm thinking about it, but I'm still also have other thoughts in my head about my swing, about my takeaway, about my bow, about my weight transfer, you know, like not every shot, but it's there still. And I don't know if it'll ever fully go away, but I think the more and more you work at it, you talk about it, and you know, then you get to a place that you're satisfied with eventually. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's. I'm thinking. Unless you guys have anything else to add there, that's probably good enough for uh, the first one tonight. I think that uh, a couple things we're gonna maybe do here is maybe split this into its own clip in case people just want to watch this on their own. We'll see. I'm not 100 sure on that. But the other part of it is that. Uh, leading up to the spring, um, I want to do like a full episode on each segment that we talked about for like the last four months, just to kind of refresh, um, like do a full yeah. maybe two hour show on different things that we talked about. And just so it's all kind of top of mind um, as we start the golf season again. And it, I think it'll be a lot easier this winter too, with, uh, with the Shanks and the Evos and uh, the Rossman, Rossburn Swingers Club. Um, nothing here. <laughs> nothing in, nothing in little old dolphin. That's okay. That means you got to visit more and and visit Brandon too. Yeah, get one at your brew house there. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, and the last thing of the show here is we're gonna have a video of the week. I don't know if you guys did. You guys find one? I didn't have one this week. I I figured you would have one. Are we all supposed to have one? No. Nobody had one. I did see uh, a couple golfers getting chased by turkeys today, though. First, what the hell? Did you guys that? see that that video of that? Uh, uh, it was a coyote or a small wolf chase that deer across the fairway and oh, yeah. take it down and just <laughs> eat it on the fairway. Just oh. takes it down. <laughs> oh wow, that was savage. Right in front of those people that are videotaping, they're just yelling, no, no, no. get away from them, get out. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, You're going to stop them. Welcome to the jungle, man. He's hungry. Um, speaking of videos, do you remember, uh, I think it was a couple years ago now, but um, Australian punching that kangaroo when the oh, kangaroo yeah. had a dog? Did you see if there was another one? Kangaroo had this dog in the water and was like drowning it. Everybody really? comes up and you can just hear him. He's got he's got the 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 phone in his hand and he's coming up wading through the water. You fucked up today, he says to this thing, and you just see his right hook come across and then just it, it hits the water. I don't even know like how it ended up, but this, these fucking things like stand like this, they square up a bit. <laughs> Hilarious. Kangaroos are nuts, man. Yeah, they really are. Was it Dom? <laughs> Was it Dom? Shout out to Dom in Australia. He's holding it down out there. Man, Australia is a wild place, eh? 
Uh, although they're coming into uh, their summer right now, so he's he's prepping for golf season. It's kind of it's kind of crazy that our winter and summers are completely flipped, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, but anyways, I think we should wrap up. Uh, the last couple episodes we've had have run pretty long, and uh, I think going forward we're going to try to keep it between an hour, hour fifteen, hour twenty, just like the old days. And uh, let's call her a night. I, I have one one shout out, one last shout out for the night. Sure. Uh, Obsolete uh, entered the Canada Beer Cup uh, at Niagara Falls. They submitted their beers. Uh, they were judged on by a panel of judges. Would be a sick job, by the way, testing the beers. And less than a year into their operations, uh, they won a, a gold medal and, uh, or I guess, yeah, gold first place a gold trophy and two bronzes. So um, nationwide, Damn. pretty good. I think uh, the uh, dial-up all beer uh, was the one that got the gold. I think it was actually top six for all beers in Canada. Um, pretty not bad for less than a it's year in, uh, in production. So things are looking up here. I think, uh, yeah. It's a great place. I'm, I'm happy it's there, but I'm also unhappy it's there because it's on the way home when it's too convenient. Um, but, yeah, it's a great place for Dolphin to have, man. It's fine. It's something that we really needed here, and it's it's cool to see it recognized on a national stage. So, shout out to them. It seems Perfect. like a no-brainer to shout get Shout out a, to them. Cheers. Boy. Yeah, we'll do, a, we'll do a round out cheers there. Uh, it seems like an absolute no-brainer for them to be getting the sim in there. <laughs> Did I show you guys this can? I did before, hey? Nope. Roller rink? Oh, turning. So, sorry, this was actually a, uh, I had this last week. It's actually the roller rink that used to be in Clear Lake back in the day. It's like a sketch of it. It's called the roller rink, Vienna Logger. And it's actually uh, partnered up with the Lake Coast. It's kind of cool. That is really cool. Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. But, I mean, if they had a... If they had a sim there, Reggie. You might not be. Uh, I, I don't know you if I'd like that too much, honestly. I have a hard time. I have a hard enough time getting uh, your attention for a while. I, I also, uh, I think after a couple of those beers, it'd be pretty tough to uh, hit a golf ball. True. They, they mess you up in a certain true. kind of way. So, um, I forgot to give a shout out to uh, Rumble tonight. Um, Rumble's been kind of growing a little bit. Good for people who uh, like to picture in picture. They don't really feel like watching us the whole time. They can kind of pop in and out while the audio is still going on. So for the people who have been listening to the uh, either the podcast or the YouTube shows, consider going to Rumble uh, kind of as the best of both worlds. And uh, we want to start uh, getting some traction on there. So just uploaded the video from Oak Lake there as well. I don't think we talked about that uh, on the show yet. Drake and I play in uh, Oak Island, so that's on YouTube now and Rumble. Took about a day to upload onto Rumble, but it's finally there. So uh, check that out if you haven't yet. It was it was a lot of fun. Drake's is going to be coming out, I think, uh, either tomorrow or on the weekend for the back nine. And then uh, in the next week or two, I'm going to be putting out the rubber match at uh, Ipoh. The deuce is pretty funny on there. <laughs> I got a kick out of the deuce. <laughs> Bruce the Deuce. Bruce the Deuce is a fucking dog, man. Isn't it, isn't it funny that his name is Bruce? Oh, hilarious, man. 
I was dying when I saw that. That's what the locals call him, Bruce. Bruce, and we call him the Deuce, so we just call him Bruce the Deuce. Bruce uh, the Deuce is mayhem. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty good stuff. I like him. Uh, he had a lot of screen time on that video. Hey, he had the initial zoom in past my shoulder, and then we chased him around a little bit. So he got a lot, he's pretty famous, I think, uh, around these parts. I was into him. And he just hangs out at uh, hole four. He never moves from there. It's kind of wild, but I still don't know if he can fly. He might just perish at the end of this uh, fall because they I mean, usually pack up and fly. What's yeah. that? <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe we should go check on him. Yeah, if, any, if anybody in the Oak Island area is uh, watching right now, <laughs> mind checking on Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, I've never seen him fly. He just runs around, waddles like a duck. <laughs> kind of oh, shitty. It might be might not be there next year. Anyways, let's wrap yeah. it up, boys. Good show tonight, and we look forward to. Uh, we got two more till one fifty. Oh, no, one more. Next uh, one's one forty nine. Next one's one more forty nine. Should probably figure something, eh? Yeah, we'll figure something. Perfect. All right, boys, that's that's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Love you, boys. Later. See you, fellas. Love you, boys. Excuse me.